1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show. DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders talking golf for the upcoming week on the PGA Tour. Happy to have you all with us uh, either uh, live or on playback as we uh, head toward another golf tournament taping on Tuesday this week since we had Monday Night Football last night. So uh, we'll be back in the saddle uh, probably next week uh, with our usual Monday time slot, but uh, that means we've got an extra day and had an extra day to absorb all the information. It's uh, it's my partner, Notorious. This is his favorite tournament of the year, so uh, we'll, uh, we're will we just all excited and, and pent-up energy to talk about this tournament. I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84. Noto, what's going on?
0: Yeah, I'm excited for this week. Uh John Rom, you know, got caught on a high mic at this event last year, calling oh, it a yeah. bleep and bleep putting contest. So uh yeah, I'm excited for the week. And I don't know about you, but do you have a bunch of browsers or tabs open at all times? I just realized I have like 14 Roto Grinders tabs open. <laughs> so Not a ton. Them.
1: No, I usually I get my O C D kicks in if I get to more than like eight. So uh right now we're at right now we're at nine. So I guess I gotta close
0: one. <laughs> Yeah, mine was to the point where I couldn't even read the writing. Yeah, see, that's the point where I got to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, good to be back. Uh, My Jaguars moving on uh, to play the Chiefs. Incredible comeback there. I almost turned the game off. I was at a friend's house, so uh, luckily they didn't let me turn it off. But uh, (laughs) yeah, that was incredible. Good week of golf uh, for DFS, so feeling pretty good.
1: I wish my Ravens could have had the same fate there, but they decided to uh, wow. chuck away a fumble at the goal line that got returned 100 yards for a touchdown. So that was a backbreaker. And uh, But uh, my, my wife and I have both officially said uh, that we're rooting for the Jaguars now. So uh, nice. we'll, uh, we'll hop on the bandwagon for somebody new to be there. Uh, certainly a uphill climb if they want to get by. Those other three teams in the AFC, but uh, we'll see if they can keep that momentum going this coming Saturday. And uh, you mentioned the golf last week, a uh, pretty interesting tournament. And I must say, um, with a lot of these guys, I, I know a lot of the chalk, a lot of the top end plays. I mean, it didn't matter who you recommended on the top end last week. Tom Kim didn't do anything. Missed the cut. Sung J M missed the cut. And if you went like the top six or eight price guys on draft Kings, I don't think any of them finished inside the top 20. So there were certainly plenty of landmines, but A lot of these guys that finished inside, all these guys finished inside the top 10, Hayden Buckley, Chris Kirk, Andrew Putnam, uh, David Lipsky, Ben Taylor, Matt Kuchar. Uh, We brought up all those guys on the show last week, so hopefully you hit with some of those values. Of course, Siwoo Kim uh, had a good Sunday round and ended up uh, taking down the tournament there at 18-under, but it was a really interesting week where... Uh, you know, the optimal lineup in theory left a bunch of salary left on the table, which you don't always see in golf, but uh, variance can uh, can certainly rear its head and it did last week. But uh, I'd like to think that uh, we did a pretty good job at least of picking some of these value guys,
0: yeah. I thought so too. Uh, we were on a lot of the good guys, um, you know, up there in the top 10. I didn't have any sea Wu, so. Uh, definitely missed that one. I was kind of saving him for this week because uh, I know he likes Pete Dyke courses and he had one here before, but uh, man, when he gets locked in, um, he just throws darts at pretty much every pin. Yeah, he mentioned it. Um, I thought we did a pretty good job on the show. Hopefully keep that going. And yeah, Devin says, uh, you know, he usually has uh, 20 tabs open at a time. So he's right there with me. So I can't do uh, 20 tabs. Believe. How
1: do you even know which tab is which? By the time you get to 20, if you got Roto-Grinders tabs open, all you can see is the yeah. little gear logo. So then you yeah, gotta great. then you gotta click each of the twenty tabs individually. How does having the tabs benefit you at that point? It doesn't yeah, yeah, benefit it, you at all.
0: You have a general idea of you know basketball tabs go here, the golf ones here, uh, lineup HQ at the very end. Uh, you gotta have a system in place.
1: That's a pretty flimsy argument, if you ask me. We'll uh, we'll see. Um, I don't think I'm gonna get on board with twenty. Like I say, eight, maybe nine, if I'm feeling frisky on a particular day, we'll get up to ten, but. Uh, that's, that's probably about as good as, uh, as I can get. So I can at least have some idea of what's where, uh, you know, maybe you, you open a second set of tabs and you got 10 on each set. Then at least you'd know what, which, which one is, is on what set, but uh, another discussion for, for another day, I suppose, uh, let's see any other takeaways from last week. I mean, other than a lot of the chalk guys missing the cut, I mean, that's, I guess just going to happen. Uh, at this time of year, you, you, you just you, there's some variance in these early events. You know, guys are knocking off some rust, and uh, you know, Cam Young, Horschel, M, and, and Tom Kim, I mentioned, uh, might have been a few others as well, but just one of those weird weeks.
0: Yeah, I think there's uh, might be something to you know. We've heard a lot of quotes of guys changing stuff uh, in the off season, and then they come out and struggle. You know, Horschel was going through swing changes. Um, he said it was fine <laughs> before last week, but obviously uh, that wasn't the case. We had Patrick Canley the week before trying out new driver heads. I think he lost strokes off the tee for the first time in a long time. So uh, pay attention to quotes early in the season. They might have some truth to them. And then as far as other takeaways, uh, Andrew Putnam, uh, top five finish. He's been playing great. Um, I think we were both on him last week. Matt Kuchar turning back the clock at a Kuchar course. Uh, our discord was going crazy um, on Thursday saying uh, there's no way he's going to Make the cut because I think he was three over after three or four holes, but uh battled back, posed the top ten. Then we got to talk about your boy Jordan speed pulling the fall Keegan, first (laughs) round leader to miss. That's awesome. What happened? happened? I
1: don't know. It was uh it was definitely entertaining to watch, uh, from a perspective of not having any (laughs) speed exposure. I rather enjoyed it, but uh um yeah, I can't believe it. He's not usually that type to to implode like that. And uh, it's just, and it wasn't necessarily like one big hole either, it was just a bunch of bogeys and some missed putts, and all of a sudden, you know, six shots go away. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely eye opening for sure. He is another one of them. Uh, in fact, I, I just did one kind of main lineup last week and I had a five of six and Keith Mitchell was the, the, the culprit on mine who was probably the first guy into my lineup. I liked him a lot last week and he missed the cut as well. So, you know, the names just kind of go on. But uh, really interesting to see what happened with Spieth there. Uh, we'll see, you know, if that uh, is a, a bad omen for him going forward this spring.
0: You know, I'm a I'm a big speed fan, but there's something about a train wreck where you just kind of root for it to happen. I was seeing him falling apart there on the back nine, so I had to root for him to miss the cut at that point. Uh, But yeah, I think he's gonna be fine. Uh, I think he's won two or three Easter's in a row, and uh, hey, this year guess what's on Easter? It's the Masters. So uh, we'll see if that ends up uh, continuing. No other strong takeaways for me, other than I'm, I'm going to miss the nighttime golf. You know, it's kind of fun sweating lineups uh, right up until bedtime. But I will look forward to you know waking up at you know seven in the morning and getting getting the sweat going right away.
1: Yeah, it's weird when uh, it doesn't start till uh, midday; throws your routine off a little bit. But uh, we'll get back into the swing of the normal golf routine here this week with the uh, the California uh, start time. So, uh, you'll be looking at, uh, say seven o'clock Pacific time, about 10 o'clock Eastern time for, for getting those lineups finalized on Thursday morning. And, uh, we've actually had tea times for quite a while. Tea times were released this week on Monday, but, uh, as for this tournament, I mentioned it's, uh, it's Nodo's favorite. I do say that in jest Nodo does not really like the pro-ams. We only have a couple of them, but one of them is this week. Uh, And basically what you've got here with the pro-am is you've got three different courses in play. So the cut will not come until after the third round. uh, And then everybody who makes the cut will play the fourth round on the host course. So you're only going to have shot tracker data on that one uh, main course. So one of the first three rounds and then the final round for everybody who makes it, everybody's paired with an amateur partner. So the rounds take like six hours Uh, And it's just kind of slow and methodical and the scoring tends to be pretty good. They don't want to use tricky pin positions and placements with amateurs out there on the course or else that turns a six hour round into seven hours. Uh, And, you know, and there's not a whole lot of weather expected this week either, uh, which means we should see a ton of birdies um, for this event. So uh, go ahead. We've got the American Express here. Three courses in play. What do we need to know about the courses here?
0: Oh, I don't know. I mean, any type of golfer can play well here. There's really not uh, any skill set. You can be a bomber you can be a shorter hitter. Uh, they're all par 72s. Um, the the host course, the stadium course is a tie design. So if you want to look at that angle, you certainly can. But uh, yeah, they're all going to be easy over the last five years. They've all been in the top 15 in terms of easiest courses on tour. They all have four par fives. They all have Bermuda greens, but the Bermuda grass is dormant. And they're overseeded with uh, Poana, but the Poana doesn't play like Poana. So I wouldn't put too much stock into putting splits. If you are uh, usually somebody that likes to look at that, basically you just kind of make a lot of birdies. You can get it done in a number of ways. I do think it's going to come down to a putting contest, which, uh, like I said earlier, John Rahm kind of yeah. <laughs> wasn't too happy about last year. Other than that, um The importance of six to six is a little bit less just because, you know, golfer is going to be getting three rounds guaranteed instead of two. And I don't know. Do you have anything else?
1: Nope, not really. Yeah. You mentioned it with the guaranteed three rounds so you can afford to take maybe a few more risks. Um, You know, you can be a little creative. This tournament tends to be a bit unpredictable. Um, I look back 15 years, the winning score has been at least 20 under every time and, you know, it's been slightly different course rotations in there. I know the COVID pandemic threw a little wrench into the usual rotations and they've taken a few courses in and out, but, uh, tends to be, you know, uh, pretty good scoring conditions. And with the wind not expected this week, uh, there's no reason to, uh, to expect otherwise. So yeah, don't be afraid that again, if you turn it into a putting contest and Ron was complaining about it, but yeah, here he is yeah. again. Um, you know, he's still playing, but, uh, uh, we'll see if he's motivated after after what he said there last year and and he's certainly been playing pretty well and that can kind of lead us into our discussion of the top price golfers on the board of which Rom leads that list. Uh, we talked about uh, we've talked about over the I guess a couple of weeks here that we've been back. Uh, the pricing isn't all that strict on draftkings. We, we don't have anybody over 11k. Uh, We've got five golfers above 10K this week with Rom, Scheffler, Finau, Cantlay, and Xander, um, who is battling an injury, obviously had to withdraw uh, during his first start of the year. Uh, Says he's good to go. Uh, He's in the field anyway with that back issue. Uh, But obviously, there will probably be people that are very afraid to click that button until we see him out there at full strength. So uh, your thoughts on this 10K group this week?
0: Yeah, once again, don't love the, the softer pricing we talked about last week. You can easily get 10, 2K guys or two 10K guys in your lineups. That would have backfired on you, but you can do it again. You can play ROM, can't lay, still have 7,200 left per player. Pretty easy to do. Um, so I don't love it, but, you know, uh, it makes your lineups look a lot better. So maybe that's why they are doing it. Uh, I wanted to mention one other thing. You know, last week we talked about the narrative of, you know, so many players played the Tournament of Champions a week before the Sony had won. And we kind of talked about, well, that makes sense because it's the best players in the field. This week, I've heard a narrative that if you start on a certain course, you'll have a better chance of winning. I think that's all just noise. Um, what about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, there. if there's a weather angle, I buy it. Like if there was one day where there's going to be really high winds, you know, maybe you don't want to play the hardest course that day um but yeah no no credence to me and a lot of times they stack up the better golfers as kind of all starting on the same course uh because that's where most of the tv coverage is going to be and stuff so yeah i don't buy that either i think we're we're calling that that one noise as well
0: all right agreed agreed so in the 10ks it's hard not to like rom obviously coming off the win it uh, does look like he's going to be pretty popular. People generally shy away from the guy that won the week before or the event before. But uh, with Rom, I think you can kind of throw that out. I mean, he's won three times in his last five starts. And uh, after those wins, he finished fourth and eighth. So Rom makes a lot of sense. I also like uh, Cantley. <laughs> Sorry, Cantley quite a bit. Three for three year, all in the top nine. He's a guy that tends to play well in California. And uh, if anybody doesn't mind some slow golf, it's going to be Patrick Cantler, <laughs> um one of the slower right. golfers on on the PGA Tour. So he's going to be uh, right in his wheelhouse. I don't mind Scheffler, but the putter's been off. Don't mind Finau, but I like him a little bit better on tougher courses. And then you mentioned the injury risk with Xander. I just don't think you need to to take that unless you're playing you know 100 lineups.
1: Yeah, definitely not going crazy with uh, with Xander this week. Um, you know, the ownership is uh, somewhat appealing, but it's not like these other guys are are, are massive shocks. So I'm probably out on him just uh, from that perspective. <clears throat> I think I like Rom and and Cantlay as my favorites. I think Cantlay's probably your safe pick. Uh, do like Rom, given the fact that the salary is pretty soft uh and you can certainly play him in cash games as well. So I think the next range is where things really get interesting uh because you've got Sung JM coming off a miscut. Uh you got Zalatours who we haven't seen as much during the fall. He was a little bit injured. We've got Tom Kim coming off a miscut. Uh you know, Harmon has been playing well, but now his price is all the way up to 9300. Siwoo Kim coming off a win, nobody's going to want to play. Cam Young coming off a, a rough week, so um Really interesting options here in the 9K range. I think Zalatoris is probably my favorite. Again, we mentioned they set this up with easier pins. Uh, I don't think that his putting issues will affect him as much this week. Um, and he, you know, he's obviously a, a great ball striker. And I, I think he, he won't mind the and get bothered by the pro-am format either. So uh, give me Zalatoris as my favorite in the 9K range. I don't mind the bounce back. Uh, Theory from Sung Jae or Tom Kim, if you want to go there. Uh, But your thoughts on this next group.
0: Yeah, the one uh, Willie Z called one bit. Uh, You mentioned Sung Jae. The ball striking numbers weren't very good last week, but uh, four straight top 12s here. So certainly an event that he likes. Tom Kim did have some great ball striking numbers last week. I think he gained 4.3 strokes tee to green and then (laughs) lost. He lost 6.7 strokes putting. So probably not going to happen again if you do want to go back to Tom Kim Uh, My favorite is going to be Cam Young at 9,100. He doesn't have a lot of events where he has course history, and this is one of them. He finished T40 here last year. He's obviously a much better golfer now than he has been in the past. Uh, He's a bomber, should be able to take advantage of those four part fives uh, on every single course. And this feels like uh, a win is coming soon, and I kind of want to be there when it happens. Going to be off of Burns, going to be off of Siwu, and I'm probably going to be off of Aaron Wise, although you know, Wise has turned into one of the better putters on the PJ Tour, which is kind of crazy for a guy that we've always thought of as a, a good ball striker.
1: Yeah, he's definitely turned a corner and, uh, you know, is showing a better all-around game now than, uh, than he did maybe a few years back. So uh, good to see for uh, for those that have uh, hitched themselves to, to that bandwagon over the years. That's uh, it's paying off now. With Darren Wise, uh, kind of mentioned my favorites there was Zalatoris, and uh, I don't mind Harmon at 9,300 as well with the fact that I think maybe he'll be a little bit lower on this week uh, given that price tag. Comparatively, he's a little easier uh, to fit on FanDuel if you're playing over there, but uh, interesting options in this range to give you some GPP ceiling uh, like the Cam Young call as well. All right, let's go ahead and uh, go down just a little bit further. Taylor Montgomery continues to play well. Uh, Faded just a bit on the weekend last week, but still made 21 birdies. uh, Finished tied 12th. Uh, Putnam, we mentioned, had a a really strong week. Um, Despite me correctly calling TCU getting absolutely blasted in the college football championship game. Um, Shout out to myself for the pick on that one. Uh, Tom Hoagie. Uh, still made the cut after flying back to Hawaii. Didn't necessarily play as well as he has been playing, but uh, you know he still uh, he still stuck around for the weekend, which I think is a pretty good testament. After I'm sure being a little bummed and, and having a lot of travel last week after that game, and you got uh, Cam Davis the gala. Adam Hadwin, JT Poston. Uh, Poston actually was pretty popular. I, I didn't see that coming last week, but ended up being really popular, especially in the higher dollar contests. He's at 8,000. Uh, thoughts on some of these mid range guys?
0: Uh, well, as far as Poston goes, he was popular because he played the week before. Everyone ran with the narrative. Like uh, McKinsey Hughes was pretty popular too. Um, but yeah, I mean, Poston's a guy that uh, I like on these easier courses. So I don't mind looking there. This is one of those ranges where you could build out a lineup with six of them and feel pretty good about it. Uh, if it's going to be a putting contest, hard not to like Taylor Montgomery and Andrew Putnam. Uh, Putnam's gone 17 straight events without missing a cut. He has five straight top 35s here and uh, coming off of a top five last week. So Putnam's going to be my favorite in the range. But I also bet Tigala. Um, he's a guy that's from Chino Hills. I think he went to college in California as well. And he's had three runner-up finishes um, in 2022, so kind of expect him to break out here soon. Adam Hadwin, another course history guy, seven for seven here with four top-six finishes. The last time we saw him was in Houston, and he gained 10 strokes ball striking. So if he can continue that, gotta like his chances. And uh, you mentioned Hoagie. I'm a little worried about fatigue. I mean. So much travel. So went to Hawaii, then came back, then went back to Hawaii, and now came back all in the span of you know two weeks. Does that worry you at all? He's a great course fit. I just worry a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I didn't play him last week because of it, uh, and you know he did all right. But yes, I, I would think that that much travel and the time zone changes. I mean, Hawaii is like four hours, uh, five hours from U.S. Eastern time, so. You know, for, with it being that quick in succession, just feels like it's got to catch up with you at some point. But uh, especially, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to navigate those time changes. And, uh, yeah, it does worry me. I mean, he does, based on the way he's been playing, I mean, that price tag isn't too bad. But uh, I, I do agree with the concern. I think I like Degala better.
0: Yeah, I do too. Uh question from Mr. Gerg in the chat. Should Cam, Cam Young really be double the ownership of Harmon and uh, Burns and four times the ownership of Si Wu? It's a good question. I mean, Harmon's a great course fit. Uh, I do like that pivot in that range, but generally when it comes to guys above 9K, I'll just play my favorites regardless of ownership and then kind of go from there, especially if you're talking about single entry tournaments or small field tournaments. That's kind of the way I've always approached it, is I can differentiate from the chalk down low and play my favorites up top. But it's certainly an interesting question.
1: Yeah, it does uh you know if you really want to play the ownership game, given the the amount of options that we have in here, I don't mind going with some of the lower own plays. I think that makes some sense. But uh, nothing that is, you know, absolutely mandatory that you you have to do it one way or the other. So uh, all depends on your personal preference for how you want to build those GPP lineups. And I kind of generally agree with Noto that uh, differentiating your lineup on the lower end uh, where there tends to be a little more variance makes sense. Now, granted, last week it was all the high end guys that really struggled, but uh, it's uh, part of what makes golf a fickle sport sometimes. Part of what makes it fun, too.
0: Yeah, and to his question, I mean, this might be the week where you want to kind of play the ownership game just because the three-course sure. rotation, the, the pro-am format, all that brings in more variance, I think. So, um, yeah. I that's don't, why I'll you love it. the tournament so much, right? <laughs> I mean, I, hey, I like this better than no cuts. Um, so anytime we get the Friday cuts sweat, I think it's a fine tournament. But uh, we don't have shot tracker for two of the three. I mean, shot tracker and a cut, that's really all I ask for in my life. You're simple, simple
1: man, yeah. right? You're not asking for too much here. Um well, you're not getting the you're, you're not getting you're getting the cut but not until 3 rounds and you're only getting a partial shot tracker this week. So, uh no uh no full on love for you, but uh it's better than nothing, I guess. All right, anything else above 8k here?
0: Cage Lee's been playing great. What are you doing with him?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I've kind of missed that boat and yeah. I hate jumping on at the tail end, but yeah, hard to argue with the uh, the results. I mean, he hasn't missed a cut, the fall swing. Perfect six for six, a couple top tens in there as well. Um, probably out, but that's mainly just being stubborn as opposed to not liking him because of the numbers.
0: Yep, same
1: boat, same boat. <laughs> so play KH Lee. That's what we're telling you. Uh all right, let's move into the seven K's. I believe I saw some Jason Day references in your stuff uh as I was reading through it before the show. Uh, we've got Ricky Fowler. I mean, it's the uh, veterans unite here in the upper part of the 7K range. Uh, what are you looking at in here?
0: Well, Ricky Fowler apparently has a new swing. Everybody's been uh, gushing over it on Twitter. So something to keep in mind. But if it's going to be his first tournament with the new swing, I'll, I'll I'll wait until he posts like a top 60, and then then I'll be back in on uh, on Ricky. Uh, but I do like Jason Day quite a bit. So we talked about his health. A lot during the swing season, and he rattled off uh, four straight top 25 finishes. I think he gained 20 strokes T to green during that stretch. Uh, he has a really good track record at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro lamb and uh, he's only played this one once. Last year it was T49, but the fact that he does have so much uh, experience in the Pro Am type of format, I like quite a bit. I like that he's striking the ball a lot better. After that, it kind of dips off a little for me. like I love the 8K range and then don't like a lot until we get to the lower sevens. Um, anyone that you wanna bring up?
1: Yeah, I mean it does uh, it does kind of dip. I think there's some kind of risk reward upside in here. I mean, if you will try Mitchell again, not a lot of people gonna play him this week. you know Davis Raleigh's pretty pretty hit or miss. Uh, the guy I think I like in here the most is your boy, Patrick Rogers. Uh, went to school at Stanford, pretty comfortable playing at this type uh, of course. And you look at the false swing: 54th, 28th, 16th, 3rd, 27th, 16th, 10th to close that out. So a little more consistency than what we usually see from him. Uh, hopefully that uh, is a sign of things to come. Uh, so, yeah, GPPs at 7,700. I think uh, Rogers is my guy in the upper part of the 7K range.
0: Yeah, I like that call. I've gone back and forth on him. Um, back to my shot tracker, you know, tilt. We don't have uh, his shot link data for I think three or four of those events where he played great. So I, I don't know if he got it all done on the greens or if he, you know, was a good ball striker. I just like. No, it was that fantastic
1: kind of ball striking, like plus forty strokes. <laughs>
0: okay, well, you so uh, cal- you calculated it yourself. You followed him around. Um, <laughs> I, but yeah, anytime he's in Cali, I'm usually on board. So I, I like the call, but I do wish we had some idea of where he was gaining all those strokes.
1: Yeah. All right, you mentioned liking a few options in the uh, the lower part of the 7K range. Uh, you got Todd, who we talked about last week. Chris Kirk coming off a third-place finish. His price never moves. Uh, Lipsky, another guy. Ben Griffin, another guy. I mean, lots of guys down here that played well last week, too. So uh, who are you liking out of this group?
0: 7,400, really like Will Gordon. Um, He's one of those guys you can guarantee he'll be eight under par at least one of the rounds. Um, He'll probably blow it away like he did last week on another round, but he's got the potential to go extremely low. He's been playing great during the swing season. Makes a ton of birdies, so I think he uh, makes a lot of sense. I like Ben Griffin and Ben Taylor. Um, My model's just been telling me to play them every single week for the last four months, and I never listened. So maybe I'll listen this week. Uh, Taylor actually rates out as the 20th best play in the in the entire field. So we'll see what happens there. Um, granted, the, the sample size with him is pretty small in the PGA Tour, but still he's been playing good top five last week. I like Neesmith as kind of a contrarian play in this range, one of the better iron players in the field, and he had three top tens during the swing season. And then Grayson S- Sig has just been steady. Um, he doesn't do anything great. doesn't do anything poorly. He's made eight straight cuts and uh, top 25 here last year. So he seems like one of the safer guys down here in the seven case.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, Kirk is very safe. I think he's very safe. I like the Taylor call, um, put him in my article as well. Just, uh, he should be a little bit pricier uh, with the the numbers that he's been putting up. So we're pretty much in agreement. I think on this range, um, you know, Will Gordon, I, 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 talked about will gordon pretty much every event during the fall swing and i said i was going to keep playing him until he let me down um unfortunately he was on my single lineup last week and that sunday round torpedoed uh, quite a bit of cash uh for me but uh, still ended up finishing inside the top 30 uh, had 82 and a half dk points so it was still a pretty good week but uh, it was disappointing to see him fall he was in like tied fifth at the start of the day and then uh, fell way back there with uh, with a tough round on Sunday. So, like you mentioned, he's it's always a risk-reward showdown play because he's going to go eight under and, you know, it, and then five over. But this is the type of course uh, set up where, you know, there's probably not going to be too many five, six over par rounds this week. So uh, I do think that sets up well for him also. What about Yeager? <laughs> I brought him up last week, and he did well again. Uh, he was uh he was definitely up there so yeah another guy that uh, if you need a value play down here that I don't mind
0: yeah I don't mind him uh, sh kim continues to play well don't mind him um, he's never played this event before but this uh I was looking at course history you know um, the predictiveness of it here and it just hasn't been hasn't been needed so uh throw out course history for the most part except for the the guys that play here every year.
1: Yeah, I don't think it matters all that. Like Adam Hadwin's another guy we didn't really talk about. He's got really good course history as well. Um, I like him in GPPs at, at 8,200. Um, so he, he would be another kind of, if you're following the course history angle, I think uh, you can play some of him this week, though his stats have been really strange. He's been terrible off the tee, and, but still good on approach of late Hadwin. So uh, a little bit of noise, I think, in his stats. Take it with a bit of a grain of salt. But if you're playing the course history angle, don't mind him. Uh, So lots of options here that we've talked about kind of in this 71, 72, 7,300 range, almost just like last week where it's fairly soft. But then once you get below 7,000, there's really not much left, Uh, even though it's 156 golfers in the field this week. um, Just surprising that there's just nothing.
0: Yeah, very little. Um... AKA nothing. Yeah, I mean, the model doesn't mind. Eric Cole, I brought him up last week. I didn't know who he was. Made the cut, didn't do much else. After that, um, nothing that I really, yeah. Ryan Armour, once again, I think he missed the cut on the number last week. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. I mean, you don't really need to dip down here. Usually, you do it so that you can play the studs at the top, but the pricing's so soft that you don't need to.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, it's just not necessary with uh, with only five golfers above 10K, nobody above 11K. And then, you know, all those sorts of value, guys, you could finish your lineup off with two or three guys in that seven to seventy five hundred range and still feel pretty good about it. Um, Let's see. I feel like there was somebody else I was going to bring up in here, but now I can't find who it was. Just not a whole lot. Uh, And I think, you know, I might end up, I rarely do this. Usually I'll find one or two guys, but I might end up xing out the entire 6,900 and below range this week, uh, just because I I don't necessarily think that there's anybody you have to have. Uh, Michael Thompson, I suppose, uh, he had four sub-70 rounds last week, so every round under par. Um, Davis Thompson projects okay, but... Uh, again just get it. those guys are at 6900 so just get the extra couple hundred bucks i think to to move up into the 7ks if you need something down here
0: yeah and if uh you have a trouble if you have trouble narrowing down your player pool you know when you're in lineup hq 89 golfers in the 6k range so uh, that'll do that'll bring you down to uh, what 70 60 something like that yeah so. just
1: erase that whole range <laughs> uh let's see uh, 156 how many did you say there were
0: 89? 89 89. That leaves you with 67, if my math is go. correct. Um, so, yeah, that, that does have to work for you, and then you just X out a couple guys you don't like.
1: Well, again, it goes back to my theory. You don't want to try to play 40 guys, so don't just X out those 80 golfers and then play everybody else. Still got to narrow it down some, but um, I don't know. Is this a product of – is this just a product of the, the, the time of year? Is this a product of the guys that – have left for the live tour that makes the the bottom part of these fields so weak. Is it a pricing thing with DFS? Like I feel there used to be a time where at least we could say, Hey, you know, here's this guy at 65, 67, 6,800 that you can, you know, at least feel good about potentially having some upside, but now it's almost the same refrain every week.
0: Yeah. And for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like there's any web.com graduates from last year. Uh, into this year or from last season into this season that really pop maybe maybe that has something to do with it I mean I remember last year we were targeting you know a lot of guys that you know just graduated so uh, yeah I'm not sure what what it is really it might be the the time of year but we have a a lot a lot of good golfers in the field so I'm not sure
1: yeah there's more higher end golfers playing this week than you would expect for a pro-am tournament Um, it'll be interesting to see how You know how this works when we get to the players and stuff like, you know, when we get to the players championship, there's a lot of times where you would get golfers around 8000 that you felt, you know, legitimately had a chance to win. And some of these guys that have gone to, you know, live to or like uh, Neiman or something like that, like those are the players that are going to be missing. And uh, we'll see how that impacts the 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 DFS pricing um, when it comes to the, the bigger events. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but as for this week, I just think, uh, yeah, going into that six K's, uh, I think somebody tagged up uh, maybe Sobel w- wrote up, uh, Carl Yuan as a potential punt, but, um, not something that's, uh, that's grabbing me this week either. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting to, uh, see how it, whether it's live or, or DFS pricing or strength of field. Um, uh, for what it's worth, if you do want to take a chance on Yuan, he was 35th, 39th, and then 21st. His last three events made 22 birdies last week. So, uh, but again, it's not like he's that much cheaper than these 7K guys. He's at 6.9K. So, um, anything else uh, from year end before we duck out of here for this week?
0: I think it's a good week to do the ten or two ten thousand dollar golfers, especially because you know they all burned everyone last week. So everyone's going to be looking towards the balance build. And uh, yeah, you can make you know Rom Cantlay, Rom Fino, Rom Scheffler lineups, and uh, surround them with some pretty good golfers. So I kind of like doing that in tournaments this week.
1: Yeah, get those seven K golfers rounded out, and uh, and you got an, a pretty good looking stars and scrubs lineup there, even without using a lot of golfers. Uh, or any golfers in that 6k range. So, all right, that'll do it for this week. Uh, Next week, we've got the farmer's insurance open. So that's at Torrey pines, another event where they use two courses. Uh, And then we've got the other pro am at pebble beach. Uh, So two more weeks where Noto is going to be disappointed with no full shot tracker uh, and another pro am uh, until we get to the waste management Phoenix open uh, the second week of February. And now I know why Noda likes that event so much, because that means we're finally through the the crummy <laughs> event with the, the split courses and the pro-ams. We're, we get through that here by the uh, the middle of February. So that's what's coming up. The usual uh, tournaments on the PGA Tour schedule and uh, should uh, be a lot of fun to break those down as well. So we'll see you back here next week for the Farmers insurance open. Thanks to Noto for joining me. Uh, Thanks to our producer, Devin, for working hard for us behind the scenes on a Tuesday night. Uh, We wish you all the best of luck as you build your lineups and uh, leave a thumbs up on the video. Appreciate that very much. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you back here next week. Take care.